0: Welcome to the Acolytes of Merlin. today we will, we will be discussing Rogue One, a Star Wars story, the first of the standalone slash spin-off movies uh, in the Star Wars uh, franchise from dis from from the Disney era uh, i I'm I'm Johnny and joining me today uh, is Matthew hello there. And Austin. That's me. And Aaron.
1: Scientations.
0: Uh, so, let's go through some opening thoughts, uh, what did you folks think of the
1: movie? Ooh. This is a an interesting movie for me, in particular, because um, I was at a very... Uh, I was at a new transitional phase in, in life. This came out in December of 2016. And so I had just graduated college and moved to Korea. And so this is one of the first movies I saw internationally. And uh, it was really exciting to be in the theater. It was weird seeing the Korean subtitles on the screen when it came out. Um, and I think the whole like spectacle of, of seeing a first spinoff movie, and I was just very caught up in the excitement, I think I really... Liked it at the time, and then as the years went on, I was like, wait, why did I like this as much as I did? Um, I think I compare it to Attack of the Clones in that it had a very weird job that it had to do, Um especially in ending arcs of characters we didn't really know, and also setting up a story that we already knew. And so I think, for what it had to do at the time, it did it well. And I think it's been helped, I would say, by a series like Andor and stuff coming out after it. Yes, to the last
0: point about Andor, Farkasian's character in particular. But why Attack of the Clones? I I cringe whenever a movie is compared to <laughs> Attack of the
1: Clones. So I am. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I remember when we were talking about Attack of the Clones um we had talked about how it had this weird job of trying to connect the first movie to the third movie like just kind of moving the story along um I would say Rogue One did a way better job of telling the story it needed to tell than Attack of the Clones um But they just kind of had similar tasks to tackle. Okay, that that's fair. I see. Yeah, between episodes, I see where it's
2: coming from. There, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. more from a storytelling standpoint than an actual movie quality standpoint. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, I I I
0: tend to think of it as like almost episode like three point (laughs) nine. Uh, so like very close, like almost exactly yeah. like mm. a new hope yeah. uh, but I but I that your point stands
2: uh so my general thoughts on it, if I may um so overall, I like the movie, I think it's good, I think it's better than I remembered it when I first initially saw it because when I first saw it, I thought it was all right, and then the finale, the climax was phenomenal, and I stand by that the climax is one of the best things put the screen uh the rest of the movie still kind of not dull it kept me invested i think my main issue which i'm getting right into it very quickly here but um my main issue is the characters are relatively forgettable and not that interesting uh so that's opening thoughts there
0: okay we can dig into why they may or may not be memorable or forgettable (laughs)
2: Uh, I'd love to. Uh, if Matthew yeah. wants to give his opening yeah. thoughts yeah.
0: Yeah. first, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get we're into that later.
3: Yeah, so I guess just opening thoughts. I mean, I I love this movie. So um, really, I think one of the things I think it did so well is at least just in the tone and the like, just the feel of the movie is so different than anything in the you know proper Skywalker saga, especially to this point. Um, it really does plays off like a heist movie but also especially in the climax it is a war movie um and you see that it feels like you're watching the star wars version of vietnam uh when they're on there on the battle of scarif um and you could see those inspirations so it definitely comes in from a different air uh angle um and then i do think the other thing is that it did to me, it's a very good example of how expectations kind of set my reception. Because I remember watching the first trailer for this movie, and I saw it – I watched it on my phone, and I just – I was not impressed by that trailer <laughs> at all.
1: I rebel.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was I, – I, I forget what it was. I just – I didn't like it. I was like, oh, crap. I'm not a big f- – I don't like these spin-off movies. I don't like this idea of these anthology films or whatever. And then I remember when I went to – I saw something else in theaters, and I saw that trailer – for a second time on the big screen, and I just sat back and said, oh, no, now I get it. Um, and I think that was the thing with the movie, uh, seeing it on the big screen, especially the climax, um, was such a great movie-going experience. Um, so kind of going in with low expectations, I think, helped me receive that movie in a very positive way. Um, especially I think compared to other things in this franchise where you go in with really high expectations, maybe it doesn't live up to them. Um, mm. This one, I kind of felt, I didn't expect much of it and I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, but I think there are some holes in the storytelling, which I'm sure we'll get into, but overall just a very good start to the era of anthology films and stories, not directly tied into the skywalker saga Um, yeah
1: yeah,
2: it's very interesting even though
3: this is as close as you can get to not being tied in (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: there's no jedi main
3: character (laughs) no (laughs) technically i don't think the name skywalker is mentioned which might be a first at this point Um,
2: yeah i don't think it is wow yeah yeah, I'm trying to think. No, I don't think they ever say anything like that.
0: Mm-mm. I think there's a lot of good points there. I I agree with Matthew with expect, the expectations thing. I was excited for this movie because it was a Star Wars movie, but not to the degree that I was for Force Awakens or Last Jedi going into the yeah. theater. But, and yeah, the whole, gener- like, in, with the trailer, it, it's, okay, is this going to be... Katniss in space uh <laughs> with, like, another kind of YA, like, I rebel. Like, okay, like, works with Hunger Games because that's what that's doing, but this is something different. Uh But, yeah, it is my favorite of the Disney movies, I will say, on the whole. Um, I don't think it's perfect, Uh but it does a really good job telling its story. And, Austin, to your point, the climax is is incredible um i i think it's the best it's probably i'd probably say it's the best looking star wars movie cinematically not not that i'm like a cinematographer or anything but i mean
2: uh yeah probably i mean i also really like the last jedi cinematography a lot too Um, uh, yes
0: that's the other
1: one that parts of the last jedi would put up a good fight yeah. yeah Yeah, I think this I think visually wise this was the most where I felt the the true power of of the imperial forces here. It just felt everything felt really bleak and I could kind of see the magnitude of what they were actually
2: doing in space. Yeah, to add on to that as well as what Matthew had said, one thing this movie does almost perfectly, is tone and atmosphere. You feel the weight of war the entire time, and it's very impressive considering that you know how it ends. You know that they get the plans, but you still feel this tension and this um, fear, almost, that they might lose. Um, So, yeah, that's one thing. They nailed the atmosphere and uh, tone perfectly.
0: Yeah, and that from the get go of of uh Krennic going to recruit uh Galen where it's it, it, it's he is he is the empire and he has his Dark troopers and this is going to ha- Galen is going to do this job for him like that's just that's going to happen that is a that that's just a fact and that's just that's how the empire runs things and Like in also just that opening shot with Krennic and the dark troopers is just gorgeous. But yeah, like that the 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 oppression and the this the just what the rebels like kind of lowercase or uppercase are are up against was apparent. Throughout the movie, but even from that first scene where Galen doesn't have a choice and there's not a way he's going to be able to resist this, or at least like right, at least in that moment, right away.
2: Yeah. And then when you, we get, when we jump to, oh, we should mention, um, we visit like five planets in the first 12 minutes of the movie. Um, go ahead. I don't have much else to say there other than that's a lot. That's a lot.
0: It's a lot, but I really liked how many planets we go to in general, especially because a lot, there are some of the movies where it only feels like we're on like two planets. And so it's like, well, this is star Wars, but is it really star Wars or are we just going to be on Tatooine for however?
3: Sure. Long? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And one of those planets is always Tatooine. Yes. Um. <laughs> But uh, it is the first – yeah, it's the first and maybe only one that uses subtitles to tell you where you are. Um,
2: Which I, I think, think that was brilliant. So. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Which, again, I do appreciate at a, at certain levels kind of breaking some of the quote-unquote rules of making a Star Wars movie, like not putting a subtitle of where you are. Um, kind of just to differentiate the um, – and and you don't have the opening crawl either. um yeah, just to differentiate itself, um, which I think also was a good move just to kind of like for the more casual audience to say this isn't, you know, this isn't the Star Wars you're used to. This is something else.
0: Yeah, especially since a lot of the planets are ones we are.
2: Uh... What I don't think we go to one similar planet yeah. through the entire thing. I think they're other all than, unique. Mustafar,
0: other than Mustafar, oh, oh Yavin yeah, and, and Yavin yeah. Oh,
2: and the Mustafar. I yeah.
3: forgot. Yeah, we go to which a is lot the only
0: one this one, right? Which is the only one that doesn't get a title
2: card. Right, you just you're just assumed to know where the heck you are, which is fair, honestly.
0: It it is, but there's also like other planets in Star Wars universe that have lava. But it, yes, you would think Vader being the uh, as, <laughs> as extra and dramatic as he is, it just makes sense. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
3: Which at that for that point, it seems more like an East, like if you know, you know, you don't need to know where that, you don't need to know where that is for the plot. Uh, yeah. But if you know where that right. is, it's like, yeah, that's exactly where Vader would put his castle.
0: Uh, right. And Oh, yeah. oh j- just want to insert that we will be spoiling all of Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like d- just a, <laughs> to make that clear. Um, and so we've already
2: mentioned the climax like five times. So yes, we haven't said what happens,
3: but right, true. Yes. Um. um
0: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put something.
3: Yeah. So okay. Sorry. But what about uh, Andor? What are our rules on Andor? <gasps> mm, um.
0: Maybe br- I would say I would say that we can. There are some broad stroke points about Andor that you can pretty I've, safely make without spoiling a lot of things.
3: I think the only thing I would ever – I would say is – because we, we've we already mentioned this. Um, kind of like some of maybe the – I don't want to say forgettable characters, but it does seem like some of these characters are – they're small. They're little guys, and they don't get – I think, one, because the cast of characters you get, especially with the protagonists, there's a lot of, you know – players on this team here. And so you don't really get a lot of depth there. And that would be the one thing about Andor is that there was depth to that character, but you don't, you get it in broad strokes really in just kind of where you meet him and where you leave him.
0: Oh yeah. It's, I, I will. Yeah. It's interesting. I, when I came out of this movie and when I watched it, well, prior to this rewatch, I haven't really cared a ton about Cassian. Like he's in, He's kind of interesting and in the whole killing the rebel informant was a an interesting moral choice both for him and for the movie, but and I think it worked, but I didn't really like he wasn't like a favorite of mine and I wasn't that excited about the show. But and and he's still not one of my favorites, but the show did sell me and make me care about him more now that I'm watching it. And I think maybe just seeing more of Diego Luna in that role, I think yeah. helps.
3: I think if you're like if when Andor season two is finished, if somebody like completely new watched Andor season one and two and then watched Rogue One, I just have the feeling that the opinion of the first time viewer would be very different towards Cassian than the rest of us who are seeing Cassian for the first time and then getting the backstory just to mm-hmm. kind of understand the complexity of that character.
0: Yes, because he gets some very interesting moral dilemmas, like the big one being whether or not to kill Galen. Uh, so he gets some really interesting moral dilemmas to deal with. But, but yeah, like we it, it would help to have more of an under which we will now have have more of an understanding of where he's coming from.
3: Yeah, I mean, especially like even when we meet him, you know, which I think you know because he's the rebel. He's the, like all we've ever heard about the rebels is they're the good guys against the evil empire. And here's this rebel captain. And, uh, he just murders a cold blooded murder within the first five minutes of us meeting him. Um, which first cast the rebellion in a very different light. And I think it's good to see, um, for the world building, uh, just a very different take and kind of the big picture view of the rebellion at the point where we meet them in a new hope, but also setting the tone for the movie um, that nobody is safe, which you also get from that opening scene with Krennic, uh, where he just kills uh, Galen's wife. Yeah. Um, sets the tone like nobody's safe. This is a different movie. Um, we are not afraid to do things like this.
0: Yeah. And, Just shout out to Ben Mendelsohn. He's excellent as the kind of angry, somewhat competent, but mostly just angry middle management, uh, like (laughs) bureaucrat.
2: (laughs) The very, uh, I was just going to say that um, most everyone in this film, in terms of acting spot on, the acting is great in this film, all across the board. Um, the blind guy may have had a few weak line deliveries, but yeah. Oh, Donnie Yen.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> he,
2: he was there for his martial arts.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And
2: the,
3: uh, well, Baze's character, he doesn't, I don't know what that actor's name is. He doesn't speak English. I don't, I don't think. Oh, I saw him at, or when I was watching celebration before the movie, I was watching the, Cele- the Star Wars celebration live stream. Like the only like thing he could get out was my guy has big gun. Um, and he was right, um, I did not he, know that yeah, I don't oh. think he speaks much English. Uh, I think he like kind of just phonetically learned how to sound out his lines, um oh, interesting, but he still did a great job with it, I think, yeah, considering that that's yeah. phenomenal, um yeah, wow <laughs> but i but also just like the casting, like all those characters, very you know well done um,
0: oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. There really isn't there really isn't a miss with the cast.
3: I mean, maybe the ghost of Peter Cushing, but
0: well, yeah, yeah. That so okay. We should talk about that. It's it's fine. It works well enough for what it's doing. I think, but there is an uncanny valley type of deal going on. it's, I think,
2: in, God. it's incredibly well done. Um, But it's one of those things every time he's in a scene, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm not, I I lose track of the story because I'm just like, oh, they did a really good job of that. Oh, but it also looks kind of weird and that's all I can even focus on.
1: Yeah, it it was, it was, it was a choice um, for, for both of the, for the two that they, that they didn't hear. Um, I kind of understand why they did it, but, um, and, I could kind of suspend my disbelief maybe, but yeah, I was mostly trying to figure out like, how in the world did they even yeah. attempt to do this?
3: <laughs> it yeah. was good. I don't know. I I go back and forth. It's like, There's some parts of it for me that are like, that's perfect. I cannot tell the difference. And there's other parts that's
2: like, that looks yeah. off. Um, <laughs> but- Which is crazy because he only appears for like 15 seconds in the entire movie. But yeah, in that span of time, it goes from amazing to uncanny to amazing to uncanny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I, I...
3: Well, and, and I mean, Tarkin is also just such a presence whenever he's on screen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which yeah. Also, that's also why I loved uh, Krennic in this movie, was being just, like, such a foil to Tarkin. Um, Tarkin, who's just very cold and unemotional, and Krennic, just right. the hothead fool. Um
0: uh, yeah, it's and I really like their their maneuvering, their political maneuverings as much as they are. Uh, it's, I mean the the difference in their approach is that credit goes credit goes whining to Vader, and <laughs> then credit um, T- or uh, Tarkin casually blows credit up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I think that back to the Candy Valley thing. I think Leia is a l- done a little bit better, but she also has even less screen time, so it's, it's not quite a one to one comparison. Yeah,
3: I think that's the for when she's there. It just it's like you know she's not there long enough for you to think about it too much.
2: Yeah, and once and you it, think about it, the movie's over because it's yeah, so exactly. near yeah, the end.
3: Like she says her one word and then. You know, credits.
1: It's literally the yeah. roll credits moment. Yeah. <laughs> the word you're waiting yeah. for. Because <laughs> rebellions are built on hope.
0: <laughs> I I did like Jen's speech. Her speaking of that. I did like that speech with the rebel alliance more on this viewing. Hers and Ka, I liked Cassian's even more. His his little speech, like right before they take off to go to
2: Scarif. Like that was really good.
3: The, yeah. We've all done mm. terrible things in the name of the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. One. That one was
2: better. Um, Jin's um, speech, I, I pretty much zoned out on that one. That was one of the key examples of where I just kind of lost interest because I knew eventually they were going to go do it. So I, I don't know.
1: Fair. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do think, well,
3: Cassian's speech, I do feel like, is helped by Andor. Yes. Like once you've seen Andor, that line means something a little bit more, because you've seen some of the terrible things he's done, mm-hmm. um, kind of theoretically. Well, not theoretically. Like, yeah, you've seen him on multiple occasions commit cold-blooded murder, um, kind of destroy – not like physically, but uproot a world, um, plunge it into chaos through his actions. Um yeah. You know, so you that line, I think, it definitely has some more weight after Andor. I do like Jin's speech, because I think it is... It's more, I guess, human. Which I think is something, the strength of these characters, is that you know none of them are safe, because we, in the t- timeline, they could survive, but we haven't seen any of them past um, this point in the timeline. So, as we come to find out, it doesn't go great for them. Um, and I do like that. Just generally focusing on the little guys, um, Mm. the ones that real, the, you know, as Star Trek would call it, the red shirts, you know, the ones who are generally the cannon fodder to kind of give them, you know, a little more credit for their role in the
2: rebellion. I like that. That's a good take. Uh, can we talk about Jen then? Yes. So (laughs) Jen does like nothing. The whole movie she kind of just fills the role as like a semi macguffin until the climax and then she's finally doing something and you know that i i'm not going to blame any, the writers or anybody on that it's just it's something i noticed it's kind of a weakness of the film where the main character doesn't do a whole lot any thoughts on that
0: i i would generally if it's agree, disagree, I'd probably agree more than disagree. Sure. Uh, that being said, I because yeah, like she, she's not the most interesting part of the movie. Um, and she's the main not character. But I do her best moment. I think is well, it's it's kind of it's her it's uh more Felicity Jones, but uh the acting, but when. Uh, Galen is... When she's watching Galen's recording. Yep. yep. That, I remember tearing up in the theater. And I have a couple times since when I've watched it. And yeah, that... I, her acting there, I think, was like her best moment in the movie. Uh, at least where I felt most emotionally attached to her. I agree. Connected. Yeah. Um, but, but in general, I think that's fair. Like, there's almost... Well, most of the other... Through are, or a lot of the other war characters are more interesting.
1: Yeah, it kind of felt like um, she was more functioning as a a viewpoint for the audience, like a like an avatar, not, not an avatar for the audience, but kind of we're an insert, yeah yeah seeing the story through through her eyes until it's time for um her significance to pull through in the in the climax of the movie um and so yeah i can't really I can't really fault her too much since they didn't really write her in a way that would warrant her being interesting just given the role that she had to play in this
3: which i mean that yeah that is that's exactly you know, even in Universe, that's her she's the just get us in the door without getting shot with Saul Guerrero. Yeah. That's her that's her point. Um you know, and so that's she kinda just comes along for the ride and eventually um which I think there is a little bit of growth there. They you know, I did like the um the line of I, you I know forgot. what or mm-hmm. was it is the Saul asked her, How can you stand to see the Imperial flag flying? She's like it's not a it's not an issue if you don't look up.
0: Oh, that um, was great,
3: <laughs> and 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 I think there is something about this general thought of, especially you know, as we're seeing the power of the empire, the oppression of the empire, and a lot of you know, in a lot of ways the hopelessness of anybody trying to stand against them. To see somebody go from, I'm not looking up, I don't care, I'm not getting involved, to, okay, I'm going to lead a suicide mission to try to take these guys down. Right. Um, so there is a little bit of growth there, but it is. It is rather quick, and it is almost somewhat. Forced? Ayyy.
2: Eh. Uh huh, uh huh, uh
0: huh. Eh. She is forcing um, the forces with her. Uh.
3: Yeah. No, it's really. It comes about with her father's death. Uh, right. Brings that about. So she is really kind of along for the ride until. Her father dies. Um. She
0: she does have a really. There are some. She has a really funny. Uh, like a, a lot of the humor is very offhanded, and a lot of it in reference to K two S O. But maybe we should leave target practice behind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that 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 line in particular stood out to me as far as the humor goes. Uh, so she there's a couple lines like that, and she they gave for that one.
2: Uh, speaking of K two K2SO... S O great. I love K2SO. I have a thing for funny robots, apparently.
3: Uh, he's, he saves the movie or not? doesn't save the movie, but he's, definitely, uh, uh, no, you said it. No take back. <laughs> no. Uh, he, he does make it much more approachable because this is a war movie. And if he's not there cracking jokes, this gets very dark without any relief. Uh, but yeah. my favorite, my favorite behind the scenes story of this, well, two with K2SO, um, Apparently, Alan Tudyk, who does The Voice, uh, I believe, apparently when they were filming on Scarif, uh, they were on a boat going out to – or Scarif, I think it was in the Maldives. And uh, apparently a whale shark swam up to the boat, and he just jumped in naked with the whale shark. Um, <laughs> oh, my the entire crew. And the second time was when Anthony Daniels met him, uh, the actor behind C-3PO and he asked Alan Tudyk, are you in a suit or are they doing CGI with you and he goes, "Oh, I'm doing CGI," and Anthony Daniels is going, "You little um <laughs> apparently unhappy that he didn't have to get in the suit."
0: <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh I his line delivery is so on point. Yes. Uh yeah. the other uh and this is a slight subversion of uh, one of my favorite lines from Empire. Uh, would would you like to know the probability of her using it a gun against you? High. It's very high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not not yeah the slight subversion of three PO's line, but
2: yeah. So the other character, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh yeah, no, I I yeah, I really um, appreciated what what KTSO brought to to the movie, and I remember. Um, Actually, a year and a half after the movie, when I was in audio engineering school, we had to do uh, post-production and like practice. And the scene that they gave us was from Rogue One when uh, K2SO uh, meets Jin for the first time. And so he always had a special place in my heart for all the additional stuff and sounds we had to give him when we were practicing stuff. Um, yeah, I think very, very funny. He does a very... Uh, good job at bringing levity and, and also some really emotional moments towards the end of the film as well. That's a
0: really fun. Uh,
1: yeah.
3: A, f- a fun scene that they chose for. A yeah. For it was. <laughs> I would say um, to piggyback off the emotional moments with him, the, his sacrifice, I feel like was almost the, the toughest mm-hmm. like, to watch. Like that, that felt the most emotional from the droid. Um, The way he sacrificed himself, where he's kind of been somewhat selfish and definitely has not liked Jin throughout the movie. Um, Right. To then sacrifice him, that was such an interesting kind of emotional scene that we hadn't really seen from a droid. Because even like, think about like an Empire when C-3PO gets blasted or kind of any of the time any of the other droids have been beat up, it's usually played off for laughs. Um, Yeah, true. So yeah, he's his... very unique in that regard.
1: Yeah,
0: Sacri- I'm trying to think in terms of the other sacrifice sacrifices. Um, bases is bases is tough mostly yeah. because you uh, watch the grenade go off. <laughs> uh, but I think that Bodie's, even though he's probably the crew member I care the least about, his was the one that I think was like. The most just it felt it felt the most doomsday like like he was doomed from the start <laughs> of like going in uh as soon as they're setting up like the um the oh yeah uh the having to um yeah like as soon as you knew he was going into the shuttle, you knew he probably wasn't coming back out uh Austin going back to your point, the other characters i I like the contrast between bayes and Chirrut, I think. Their their intro scene is also excellent. I agree. Uh, yeah, seeing Donnie Yen get to show off his martial arts stuff and get this long, ex, this more extended fight sequence, and then Bay's coming in and
2: mowing down, <laughs> which just goes uh, to show how worthless the stormtrooper armor really, really is. Yes, <laughs> they, they get knocked out with sticks multiple times in this movie, and it's funny every time, but. I digress.
3: He breaks that armor, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's flying around. There's pieces going everywhere. <laughs> um, I heard he pretty much developed a whole new martial art, Donnie Yen, for this role.
2: That's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she can't speak English. He invented a martial art. This. What is this was, guy? This is incredible.
3: Baze, I don't think, speaks English. Oh, my he, mistake. Um but yeah, I mean, but like you know, just still being able to do any of that to bring these roles to life. Um, their contrast is very funny. They're a pretty good duo there, um, and it is cool. a good example of kind of how different people react to the empire, um, for sure. And, you yeah. know, to the yeah. suffering they've gone through.
0: Yeah, they they are also like like the, like a lot of the crew and. I think the ensemble cast gives creates this problem with the movie that they don't quite solve, that there isn't a ton of depth to Bayes and Chirut. uh but there doesn't need to be out necessarily because it's uh, yeah, it's about the crew and it's about Jin and Cassian, but it's more about the greater the greater rebellion and showing, again, the might of the Empire. So the the lack of deep characterization, I'm fine with in this case.
3: It's a tough thing because you are telling a story about these characters, but at the end of the day, by the nature of what they're doing and their role in the grander, you know, Star Wars saga, these have to be expendable characters. Um...
2: So So that's exactly why I want them to be more lovable and more interesting. And that's why I want to like them a lot more than I really do, because that would make it hurt more and that would make the war that much more visceral, which the movie is already doing a great job at. Don't get me wrong. But I think in service to that, it would have been amazing to have these characters who I absolutely fall in love with, which I simply don't, um,
0: and I, I will piggyback off of Austin's point and just say that they do accomplish... I'll, I'll just say that Andor accomplishes this. Which um, I think part of the and, thing
3: is... Well, I think you can make an Andor-esque spin-off series for just about every member of the crew. Yeah. Um, like, you could make a series about Baze and Chirrut, you know... Causing trouble on Jeddah, you could definitely tell the story of jin's upbringing um first with Saw Gerrera, and then like as you know doing whatever she's doing her way across the galaxy um, you know, I think, the, yeah, so you could you could get that depth, I think it's just i don't know it's a lot to do in one movie, especially with the number of characters you bring in here
1: right yeah, and that's why i i um kind of uh had that thought about this movie having a kind of a Herculean task of having to, um, because of how the story ends, um, give us characters that we, yeah, either, either like not make us too, inv- I don't know. They, they they had to make us invested, but also not too invested because none, a majority of these characters don't show up in future movies um and it also required us to spend time with the characters so that we cared about them more but you couldn't really do that in a movie and so um i think this is a movie that will get better with age i think for it being the first spin-off movie i think the idea of it worked really well um and is only helped by more context that's added to it down the road yeah no i, I would I would
0: generally agree with that. Uh, Well, and to your point about the Herculean task, I mean, they, it, it's, I think it was Matthew or someone brought up, it's both, it, it's set up is more, it's set up is a lot, is largely a heist movie in a lot of ways, but it is a war, also a war movie. And I mean, ultimately it exists to do one very specific thing and get like, how do the rebels get the MacGuffin from a new hope? (laughs) Like that is like single (laughs) sentence. Like, uh, like that's the one thing this movie has to, to do. So that's, and and so everything has to end up serving that somehow. Um, so, so it makes sense that if you go too much into some of these backstories, that it's, you, you could, you could risk detracting from, the main thrust of the narrative, which Star Wars has done in move in before. Right. Do you want to talk about the climax? Uh,
2: before we do real oh, quick, yeah. there is one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, Cause we talked about uh, the praises of this movie so far, the climax and then the tone and the atmosphere, at least for me, plus what we've all been saying, but um, I kind of want to push back on myself a little bit. Uh, I love the tone. I love the grittiness. The first Vader scene, the first one where um, the director is going up to Vader and whining. Mm -hmm. Yes. That line you know the line. No, it's
0: great. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, It's corny. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: a very Anakin line. Is yes. What is.
2: Um, <laughs> no, okay, ahead. interesting. That's what I wanted to know. I wanted to know where you guys stood on that. Because no. for me, it completely takes me out of it.
0: Every I time I hear it. it.
2: No, I get it.
0: <laughs> I I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to actually debate that cuz I think that you're if I'm looking okay if I'm looking at this movie as which it largely is compared to a lot of Star Wars movies more critically I would agree but it's a Star Wars movie that 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 has a surprising lack of fan servicey moments and that's one of them and I love it <laughs> but I <laughs>
2: But in
3: general, I I think the fan service in this movie, it was it was I think it was like just the right amount of fan service. Yeah,
2: it was there, but it was subtle.
0: Well, until Uh, it's not. But we'll get (laughs) to that. I
2: mean, mean, like Blue Milk and the two guys that um, Obi-Wan cuts, one of them show up in the background. Mm hmm. Things like that, where it's like, "Oh, I know those," and then that's it. it. They don't dwell on it; it's just there and gone, and that's the way to do it. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I would say, exactly. if you're going
3: to have Vader crack a joke, it has to be a great joke, and that was mm-hmm. a great joke. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, so but yeah, I I would again, if we're looking at it from a critical point of view, I agree. But it's it's. Corny and I and I love
2: it. <laughs> it's just a little too super villain for me. It's a little too comic book goopy super villain. But, but,
0: but vader's also like the most extra and dramatic character ever. Like he's not built, all. He built his castle on the site on the exact site where like the most traumatic event in his life happened. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> as we see later in the movie, he uses the Force to billow his cape.
2: Yes!
3: (laughs) At least that's that's my assumption of how that's happening.
0: No, I've seen that taken. I think, I mean, scientifically, that has to be the only way. (laughs) Not not that Star Wars cares about science, but...
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay, so, now that we got that out of the way, the climax. Thoughts on the climax? Uh,
3: best battle in Star Wars?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It puts, puts, puts the war in Star Wars. It uh, really, really does. Every yeah. time you see so many people die and you see them die pretty much not by themselves, but it focuses on them several times. And each time it, it hits you hard because it's like, oh, I'm in a war. That guy just died. He blew up. He's gone. He had a family, probably. It really does hit more than any other Star Wars film. I'm not sure what they did differently to make that magic happen, but it worked.
3: I would just, I mean, I don't think I'm the most qualified to talk on this, but like just everything from the sound to the visual, like when somebody gets hit, it's a thud. Like when they get hit with a laser blast, you know, you feel that. You feel like, especially when you're in the big theater, you got the sound cranked up. You feel that vibration in your seat. Um, and like you said, the camera stays on them. It's not like they get hit and they fall out of frame. You see their body hit the ground. Um, stuff like that. I think. Um,
0: yeah. Well, and also the different. The, there's they're actually using more. Like you, you feel the push and pull of the battle, where you can feel the tide turning one way or the other, as opposed to like the, an attack of the clones, when it's just kind of this, this. Well, that's CGI army versus CGI army, but but like even the battle itself, you don't really know. Well, who's winning or what are they trying to achieve? It's just visual there... noise
2: in those movies, yeah.
0: Right. Whereas, right. like, okay, like they need to open like like, the the emotional stakes are very well set, and the strategies, as much as there are strategies, so to speak, <laughs> that mm. are used, are very well, like, described and executed. Uh, I don't know, like, I'm not also the best person to...
2: Well, and to it has it. several moving parts throughout. You have the space battle, you have the ground forces, you have the distraction. All of these are going on at once, and you know that every single one is important and they all connect to the other very significantly and then throughout each one has a curveball thrown in you know all of a sudden the shields are down all of a sudden um, there's
0: an atat AT- AT coming in and- from the side
2: they're getting flanked all of a sudden and it's yeah you feel like how are they going to overcome this obstacle are they going to overcome this obstacle because the odds feel completely stacked against them.
1: Yeah. And I think knowing, having the full picture of what happens afterwards in mind, I feel really helped them here create this battle because in order to justify having a new hope, you needed to create a sense of hopelessness. And I feel like the battle of Scarif does that very well in terms of really spelling out how bleak and how many things have to go right in order for the Rebellion to finally have some sort of advantage on their side. And even then, you know, it's a small hope, but you got to build it.
3: And just to, cut, you know, jump off that, you know, the hopelessness, you know, we see... And I think it's a very cool thing to see for the larger saga. We see, you know, theoretically a day before A New Hope picks up, the rebellion is not an alliance. Like you see, they're mm-hmm. ready to they're ready to surrender when mm-hmm. uh, they're having that big thing. They see the Death Star and they are, you know, a hundred percent ready to just throw in the towel. Um,
0: it's it's also funny that Mon Mothma thinks that the Senate will do anything if they're given this evidence of this planet color
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah
3: um, yeah so you, you see that and then you see this hopelessness and then you just see the small like you know this rogue action of this crew to take on this mission which ends up setting in motion the entire events of yeah you know, the rest of the saga. Um, but, yeah, they do a good job. I think also in that meeting, setting the stakes. And it also, you know that the characters know the stakes too. Whereas you could almost argue, like when Luke gets involved in A New Hope, hey, he's just guy yeah, I'm along for the ride. I just want to get out of Tatooine. I want to get out of this farming town um, and do something. And they, But these, all the characters here, they know what they're getting into and what they've signed up for
1: yeah and i one of my favorite moments um is Jin and cassian kind of um spending their last moments together and just knowing that they're not going to escape like they thought they were and i I feel like it's rare in war movies where you can kind of see like people in an in a for lack of a better word nuclear blast kind of trying to um you know like what do you do in that what do you do when you're you're you know that you're not going to survive and how do you spend those those last few moments um it was very impactful to watch
3: no i think that was very powerful to see them kind of at peace um very smart move not to, like, have them kiss or something. I was yeah. about to say the same
2: yeah, thing. No, I was like, thank God they did not um, kiss.
3: Yeah, yeah. Unlike um, some
0: other things that happen in future movies that will go uh, see,
3: but. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, this, like, mutual <laughs> peace and almost, like, this acceptance of, like, we're going to die, but we did our job. Like, you know, yeah. we're giving our lives, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day... We won. Like, we got our, these plans to the Rebel Alliance and we've given hope to the galaxy. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think also just a very powerful thing just to kind of rest on the victory.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it is to your, to that. Hopping a little bit off of that, that makes Krennic's line very interesting to Jin. Where he's like, "You're like, basically, I've beaten you. You're gonna, you and the rebellion are going, like, you're going to die in the rebellion along with it." But he's, but even Krennic sounds pretty desperate when he as he's desperate through the whole movie. But as he's talking to Jin, he's he sounds very desperate. Like even like yeah, like the odds are still stacked against the rebellion, and maybe Krennic has won in this moment against Jin, but he's kind of like, but he knows he's screwed in some way, (laughs) whether Tarkin like politically or certainly politically, uh, before he even knows that Tarkin's about to blow him up. Um, but yeah, even, Uh, even he knows. I I
3: was just going to say, quick note, the choice to have the death star laser take out the top of the tower where Krennic is. Um, Mm. he doesn't go down in the explosion. He goes down, Direct impact from the Death Star laser. Was good point. Quite a, <laughs> that was a very nice touch. Oh yeah,
0: um, yeah. The, the the shot The shots, I mean, in general, and the whole battle sequence are just—it's so gorgeous you can't say enough good things about how good this section looks. Like the the all the beach shots, the like fog effects, the mist, the all the stormtrooper variants, all of the in atmosphere ship battles like this, like which we're finally seeing more of. I mean, we saw uh the, like all the beach shots out like Scarif is just a gorgeous planet. And, and, and like all of the, all of the aerial shots in space. It's, I mean, the, I forget if it's in this scene or in a different one, but the upside down death star will quote unquote upside down. <laughs> right. uh, death star. um
3: Well, I it, think, well, I was going to say, yeah. I think you're thinking of the, the scene where they sh- – the Death Star shot Jedha, which I think oh, might be yes. the most beautiful scene in Star Wars with the
2: oh, yeah.
3: going from atmosphere to the Death Star, seeing the explosion go up.
2: Um, yeah, also, and when the, when the Death Star first appears, and they appear in front of the Jedha planet, and it looks like a hole in the planet, which is just that's wonderful that's symbolism. Good point. Love it.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. They did also, I think, make the Death Star seem much more menacing than in A New Hope, just with the way they with the way they shot it. I love the scene where it it comes to Scarif and it just takes up the entire horizon. Yeah. Um, You can see it from the surface. That was very cool.
2: Yeah, this is also like the one Star Wars movie, um, the, uh, the Battle of Scarif every time i watch it it makes me want to play battlefront i don't know if <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. ever played battlefront <laughs> yes but god it makes me want to play it every single time uh with that map which doesn't exist unfortunately But oh it, it does you'll
0: see yeah well in yeah is there oh there? i
2: don't i'm sorry i don't play the ea games <laughs> i'm talking <laughs> no. about the og back on ps2 stuff but um oh yeah. it probably ex- there's a healthy modding community uh, mm-hmm. true. I should get in on that actually.
3: I, uh, way back, way before, even before this movie came out, I was very into the Battlefront 2 modding mm-hmm. community. Oh. But, oh no, the Battlefront, um, the EA Battlefronts, their Scarif maps are probably the best ones they've done. No uh, kidding. They are excellent. Um, and they, Battlefront sure 2 they- is probably, it's probably only like two or three bucks today. Um,
0: right. <laughs> I'm sure the Scarif maps were not broken when they were first released.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> did I can spend fifty hours to unlock the map.
0: <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, but you, no, you just have to pay for it, probably. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: but um, uh, the cameo. Okay, the cameos were fun. Like they're the the three b o and r two one is kind of forced, but i don't know yeah. it's, it, mm. but it's it, it's fun that they're there. I did like uh bail organas a lot though
2: bail yeah that Ogana. one felt like it had weight
0: yeah
3: um the ghost seeing the ghost in live action yes yes. And, uh,
0: general sindula
3: <laughs> and uh chopper <laughs> chopper oh, r- yeah. r- he 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 was there I didn't notice him until you look. He is, when the guy's running out to uh, the general to tell him that they intercepted the transmission that the rebels were on Scarif chopper. He's way in the back, but he's there.
0: Um, oh, okay. I'll have to look.
3: It but. it took them like officially revealing that they had put him in there, like on Twitter or something, for me to notice it. Um, hmm. But chopper is there.
0: That's fun. Uh, so that's it, right? <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> the most uh, fan service moment in Star Wars history.
0: Yes, and also one of the coolest scenes in Star Wars history. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, we all love it. It's all amazing. <laughs>
0: it, but it is this of the Vader scene that is this is what you this is at least this is what you think Vader's doing in like in the I mean Vader is cool in... Like Empire and a New A New Hope, but and Jedi, but this is what you. This is what you you feel like he's doing in those movies visually, but they just couldn't quite portray yet. Uh, this, like this
3: is how movie. you remember yes. the Obi Wan duel in A New Hope. Yes, um, you remember. <laughs> then you see it in A New Hope. It's like, oh, yeah, that's not what I remember. But
0: <laughs> although there's that excellent. Excellent fan the recreation, yeah, yeah of the Obi Wan of that duel, but yeah, anyway. that's very cool. Uh, um, but yeah, the scene is yeah, it's it's awesome. just the way
3: you hear is like I remember just sitting in the theater and the the things dark. I was like, oh no way. Then you hear the breathing. It's like they're gonna do it, and he light he ignites his lightsaber, and, and
2: he's uh, already just standing there, like he was yeah. already there, <laughs> yes. and it's just mm. love it. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, still great. Um, <laughs> I wish we could talk more about it because it's so awesome, but like, what more can you say? It's awesome. Right. It's, yeah. it's perfect. Um, From the lighting to the camera work to the acting on part of the rebels. I was uh, thinking that too. <laughs> just being yeah.
3: terrified. The. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the, the the take it line, just like where he just tries to shove the plans through, um, gives them to uh, Ryan Johnson of all people. The last. Jedi Wait, draft.
0: was that yeah. him?
3: Yeah. That... Uh, then uh, Gareth Edwards is on the oh. battle of. He's in the battle of crate in the last Jedi.
0: Oh, that's fun. I I, I must have yeah missed that. Anything else that anyone has?
2: Hmm. I feel
3: like we haven't we haven't mentioned Mads Mikkelsen as that's true, Alan Urso at all,
0: or, or um, Force or Force Whitaker
3: yeah. as Saw Gerrera, yeah, yeah. Both of those Saw Gerrera, Force Whitaker was great as Saw Gerrera. I think a very good way to reintroduce that character um, because he was a very obscure. That's a deep cut character from the Clone Wars. Um. But who has who has since become a very big part of this era of star wars
0: right, and he's even more i mean that makes sense, but he's pretty un like he's noticeably more unhinged in this movie than he's at least to my take portrayed in other media
3: any other point in the yeah uh...
0: which makes sense,
3: which I do still wonder like what was the thing yeah like put him to be this unhinged because we see him all over the place. Yeah. Um and he has he's never this unhinged, so I guess we haven't gotten that close. Maybe it's in Jedi Survivor, I haven't gotten there yet, but <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know what flipped in him, but that yeah. was
1: uh He was the one character I remember when I saw this For the first time I didn't really have context of who he was and so I felt like I was watching the end of an arc for for a character with very little information and so it like the impact didn't feel quite that strong um to me, on, on first viewing, but maybe with more context on, on future viewings, it'll be more impactful the more that we learn about him. No, I, I think that's a valid
0: take. I mean, he... He
3: he only had one appearance before this movie, and it was... Yeah. He wasn't even the star of those appearances. It was his sister.
0: But, um, oh, okay. But yeah, I, but I, I would agree that even just watching this movie, you don't know a lot about him. You don't really have... And to your point, the movie doesn't really try to make a, a particularly strong connection to him and the viewer. Um, yeah, that, that That's where maybe more of that with his relationship with Jin would have helped
2: to see. For sure.
1: Yeah, they kind of like told us in their fight kind of what happened, but we didn't really see it, so they didn't really feel that Impactful.
2: Yeah. All we see is him rescuing her from her little hidey hole mm-hmm. and then their argument. And yeah. then like that's it. There's the 16 year gap or whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, no.
0: Yeah. And then Matthew, to your point with yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is great, and it's kind of funny to see him like as not a villain. <laughs>
3: really, he's pretending uh, to be a villain.
0: Well, yes, actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's... <laughs> And probably does technically help out the empire, like by just because I mean, he had he technically had well, no, I had to, but he was working on the Death Star, but yeah, right. But mm. also, yeah, pretending to be a villain and or,
3: well, plugs a plot hole.
0: Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
3: or more confirms a long running fan
2: theory. Um, right. But. Did anyone have really a problem with that original plot hole? No, I didn't care. No,
3: it does. I think it also, even if it was just like an oversight, it does speak to the fatal flaw of the emperor and the empire being just overconfidence and assuming they are untouchable, um, to the point where they would overlook something trivial like that.
2: I like that interpretation.
3: But I also do still like the direction they went with this, um,
0: yeah. So does that mean that means that sequels can, will be Rogue Two set between Empire and Return the Jedi, and it'll be about Bothan spies. <laughs> uh, could
3: could oh. be that uh, Rogue Squadron movie. That, oh,
0: the uh, one that <laughs> hopefully isn't. uh can- oh, it's probably, the,
3: canceled, but <laughs> the uh, we'll call it development hell.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Or, no, purgatory is more accurate. Um,
0: right. Yeah. Just no mention for a long time. <laughs>
3: They'll blame it on the writer strike.
0: Uh, (laughs) God. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anything else from anyone on the movie?
2: Nothing specific.
0: Yeah. Oh, I did want to say that the music is not—it's not particularly memorable in the sense that I can't recall specific themes. But it's very well used. Like the different cues are really well used when for the different moments when they show up
2: yeah you're not gonna find yourself humming it but it's good in the context of the movie mm-hmm. it's kind of
3: i think it's rough because it's probably the, the worst quote-unquote star wars music but that's a you know it's a very high bar to beat yeah uh,
0: i think the sequels in general have pretty weak music but
3: it's still John Williams.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's still John Williams.
3: Ludwig Gorenson with the uh the live action series.
0: Is... Mm. Yes. He's his stuff that stuff's been, I think, generally better than uh sequels. Although the resistance theme is growing on me, but
3: huh. I hear college football bands playing uh Kylo Ren's theme. Huh. Uh, <laughs> like, of course. That's a choice. <laughs> i I recognize it, like do enough people recognize this to I don't know um I no, would just, just I would have just stuck with the imperial March, right, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I probably would have brought the idea
0: across, right, like it's already playing in my head if I'm watching a cow- if i'm ever watching the cowboys, so
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, cool, um, yeah, so then something else this has been our episode on. Vogue 1, uh, a Star Wars story, the first of the Star Wars spin-offs. Uh, this, uh I'm Johnny, and with me is Matthew, Austin, and Aaron. And thank you for listening. So th- this is the May. Stuff. So we did not talk about this on the episode, but we are recording on May the 4th so may the fourth be with you yeah. uh
2: <laughs> may the fourth be with you the fourth may the fourth be with fourth you, be with you. Yes. <laughs> okay glad and, we got it in
3: and to those of us raised catholic and also with and you. Also with you.
0: Uh, and, and, and with your spirit, with
3: your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and with your force ghost yes and with your force
2: ghost <laughs>